Hello and welcome to Bayhem, the Talk Film Society Michael Bay retrospective. I am Marcelo Pico, uh, your co-host for this. With me, as always, is Mike Schindler. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? And also, of course, Diego Crespo. Hello, Diego. Hi. Hello. It is I. I. <laughs> it's Diego. I mean, I was worried there for a second. Maybe Diego's not going to show up or no. <laughs> but no, of course you're here. We wouldn't do this without each other, is what I'm saying. All right. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, yeah. No way. No way in hell. Um, I mean, we're so close to the end anyway. Uh, we have three more and then Six Underground after this movie. I mean, guys. Uh, and we also have like, what, five months until Six Underground? <laughs> <laughs> Michael yeah. Bay, Endgame. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, you know all uh, and well, I'm dating this podcast as I always do on every podcast I'm on. But like, yeah, uh, last night, right? The the Marvel panel at, at uh, Comic Con, they announced a they announced a whole bunch of new stuff. But just imagine if if, if Michael Bay got into the comic book game. Um, I mean, w- w- wasn't there? rumors or maybe like a conf- not, maybe not a confirmation but like something in the trades about Michael Bay doing like a DC movie he, they talked to him for Lobo like he I don't know yeah. if, you know maybe I don't know I shouldn't say that I don't know if they talked to him but I he he was an, a name out of, out of a bag at least yeah for, for well, Lobo which I mean is kind of perfect in my opinion because that's a really trashy character but <laughs> I don't know if you're setting something up which I'm now going to spoil or not but I mean, you do know who wrote this movie that we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> you know, of course, I was totally going to yeah. go into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But. Actually, yes. Um, I, I, <laughs> I actually didn't know. I, I guess I forgot until rewatching it today. Until those names popped up, and I go, "Oh, okay." But no, I actually wasn't setting up anything. I was going to bring that up later. But yeah, um, is that crazy? <laughs> yeah, and and. Six Underground, you know, from the writers and star of Deadpool. So, you know. Yeah. He, he's flirting with that circle, for sure. Whether yeah. he realizes it or not. Yeah. Which is Kurtzman kind of the Michael Orsi, Bay thing. <laughs> Kurtzman and Orsi did, you know, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so. Yeah. I yeah. mean, um, and I, I may be forgetting this or maybe misremembering some of this but i think one of the commentaries he mentioned like yeah i get you know offered or no people like try to commit to me to do big budget movies franchises maybe a superhero movie but he's <laughs> he picked out of all things transformers to like really jump into <laughs> <laughs> i i i'm you know having done those those first three at least i'm like i still don't know if it was a good fit or not <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm kind of more like um, yeah, like it's up his alley. He certainly knows how to shoot those movies, but I don't know his. Uh, um, I forget if I brought it up on this podcast, but I definitely brought it up as recently as yesterday in real life that Michael Bay should do the Venom sequel. Like I fully believe that that would be a perfect match. You know what? Yeah, actually, that is a very good idea. Yeah, because I can see Michael Bay going for that humor too. The first Venom had, but making it a bit more um, toxic. <laughs> and I think that fits. That fits yeah. with the Venom character. Uh, but yeah, we can, we can, we can, you know, uh, I just, I want to bring that up mostly because I wonder, he's going to eventually do one. I mean, it, it, uh, I think it's just all about timing now. 
Um, but I just wonder where he's going to go first, you know, and which property or which uh, side of the field, Marvel, DC, who knows, who knows, but Hey, you know, no, I mean, I, I, maybe, maybe this is just the, the, I'm maybe I'm just thinking of the nineties, but to me, he's not Marvel or DC. He's image. He's, he's going to uh, do, he's going to end up doing savage dragon or something like that. That, yeah, that sounds like, a most definite one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something Rob Liefeld, which I guess is, Hey, that's Deadpool. Right. But yeah, oh boy, that's weird. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> but yes, speaking of superhero movies, um, <laughs> this movie was written by the screenwriters of Avengers Endgame, Avengers infinity war. Uh, did they do a, a captain America first Avenger? Uh, the, yeah. the three of them, right? The civil war. Yep. Right. Yeah. Winter soldier. Uh yeah, uh they did a Narnia. A Narnia. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that when when those names uh popped up. Uh is it is it McFeely? Is it McFeely? Oh here it is. I I, I Marcus and McFeely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When those Eminem. names popped up on screen, Eminem <laughs> As as everybody in the business calls them, Eminem. <laughs> yeah. Hey, get Eminem over here. What what would Captain America say? Um, no, never ask them that again because they're wrong. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is this is a good place to start because Diego, you have your. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to. Yeah, um, you weren't a big fan of their most recent efforts. Endgame, right? I mean, not as End big as game, other people. Infinity War and Civil War are all bad movies, and the sooner we acknowledge that as a society, <laughs> we can improve and heal and move on. Uh, but oh, the Winter man. Soldier and the First Avenger are still great. I don't know who actually wrote those, but I, I feel like it wasn't them. You're weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Except I, that I'm not because I'm right. <clears throat> All right. I, 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 I'm a fan for the most part of what they do with these with the MCU characters and everything. Okay. I, I, I loved the last two Avengers movies. Okay. Why? I, <laughs> let's not get into it, but no, no, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, but no, but I mean, I, uh, you know, but, uh, I guess beyond that, I mean, that's really most, mostly what they're known for, but yes. And the, and the Chronicles of Narnia movies, but like when I looked through their filmography, um, like I saw, okay, they did like the life and death of Peter Sellers and then a Narnia movie. And then, a movie called You Kill Me, which I can't think of what that is right now. Yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't good. No, no, no. Like and the then, Death of Peter Sellers was good, though. Yeah, which I've heard is like very good. And then they did two more Narnia movies. Then they did First Avenger. Then did Pain and Gain. And then they did nothing but MC. They haven't done... <laughs> they just stopped doing anything else and just did nothing but MCU movies. Thor Dark World, Winter Soldier. They did a polish on Guardians of the Galaxy. Then they did Civil War... Infinity War and Endgame. So yeah, the Pain and Gain is like a weird. <laughs> it's like right in the middle of the current filmography, like <laughs> and on the precipice of like them like oh tipping their you know uh, you know trying out the superhero thing and then like really committing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Pain and Gain is interesting in that point because it, it, as of this point it's like their last like non superhero movie. Although you could say this is a superhero movie. <laughs> It's 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 an origin story of these terrible terrible people. <laughs> this, this is like Pain, a Mark yeah. Millar superhero story. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yes, Pain and Gain. That's the movie we're talking about. Let me give you some facts. Hey, this opened up April 
2013. Uh, weird for a Michael Bay movie to come out not in the summer. Uh, but hey, that's a trend. I guess that's breaking more often than not. And hey, it was made for a budget of $26 million. I believe it's Michael Bay's lowest budget ever, I think. Um, and yeah, domestically made $49 million. Worldwide, it made $86 million. Pain and gain. Why don't we start with our first time uh, stories or first time watching this. Mike, talk about the first time you watched Pain and Gain. Yeah, well, by the time this movie came out, I mean, this was now, what, 17 years after The Rock. So the idea of Ed Harris returning to a Michael Bay movie, which I thought would never happen in a million years, I, I I was so excited about this. Also, the fact that it was like a weird, cool, different movie. And by the time that it came out, I was managing the theater that I saw The Rock at as a kid. So I made a really big deal out of the screening and watching it, you know, in the same auditorium and all that stuff. And uh, I was super excited about this movie. And, uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it. Oh, nice. Um, of course, I think you hold the title of seeing... Well, I think I think you've seen every single one in, in theaters, right? Not Bad Boys. Oh, that's right. Not Bad Boys. I forget. Yeah, it's just the one. Uh, yeah. But one day it'll happen for you, Mike. One day. One day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> uh, Diego, your first time watching this. Uh, I remember even getting kind of excited by the trailer because a bunch of friends and I. This is like the real turning point with me and the Transformer stuff. Where I was like, yeah, that that was no no more for me. Um, and I remember watching the trailer and being like, oh wow, like hey guys, there's no explosions. And then there's an explosion at the end of the trailer when they blow up the car and they're doing the, the slow motion <laughs> walkway. And I was like, ah, there it is. Uh, uh, and then that actually kind of got me excited. I was like, wow, that looks like really different for Michael Bay. You know what? I will check this out. I will watch it. And then I saw it and I wasn't crazy about it. Uh, but I think that convinced me that, oh, Dwayne Johnson is like a real actor. Like he's really good in this. And that left a big impression on me. Uh, and I, I I still love the way Michael Bay shoots everything, even though I I don't know the full methodology behind it or if he even has one. Th- those are the big things that came away with and still stick with me to this day. Even after this rewatch, I was like, "Yep, Dwayne Johnson, great." That's that's a, that's a positive. <laughs> um, I as for me, boy, I mean, uh, I pretty much loved it when it came out um i think it came close to jumping in my top 10 uh and then now on a rewatch and i've always thought positively i was like yeah that's oh god yeah i i do love it i love that michael bay yeah he took like a left turn there's still a lot of michael bayness in it still some action yeah i mean there's some good action beats in there but yeah different i mean a, a, a true life story (laughs) <laughs> you know, something that's more grounded than anything he's ever done. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate, I've, I've been a big fan of this big supporter since the first time, but now seeing it again, yeah, I'm still in love with it. I am. I'm like, wow. Okay. I want to see more of this side of Michael Bay. So yeah, it's, I've maintained and maybe, maybe, maybe my appreciation has grown now with this rewatch, but yeah, since the beginning, I'm like, yeah, this is solid. I, I love this. So that's where I'm coming from. Where do we even begin? So, okay, here's where I want to start, actually. I tweeted this out 
from our Twitter handle, BayhemPod on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> um, what I remember first about this movie was well, what's what stuck in my mind was like seeing those behind the scenes shots of uh, The Rock of Dwayne Johnson uh, grilling a human hand, <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> And, and this is like back when I just heard, oh, it's like a true, it's like a based on true story, you know, like thriller, drama, whatever Michael Bay's doing. But then when that was a picture, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like what is going on? What is, what is this insanity? And the movie for me lived up to that hype. But yeah, just the fact that he, f- he was attracted to this story <laughs> of these three criminals who kidnap a man and make him give over everything you know he owns to them just because they th- they think that's the American way? I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, on retrospect, yeah, it's this is definitely a Michael Bay movie. But yeah, <laughs> I was like, what the hell is this? Then it just it makes more sense now. So yeah, the story of Pain and Gain, guys. Why don't we start there, Mike? Um, like. <laughs> Like, do, is is this is this like a very obvious Michael Bay story? Like, is this what you imagine he'd be gravitated towards? I can definitely see it appealing to him. I mean, it do, it definitely looks like uh, a Michael Bay movie, but it, it also feels like something that maybe he wouldn't like. It, it almost feels like the type of movie that he would want to make but would never make. You know, like he he does do all these Transformers movies and all this stuff. He does do all this big budget stuff, but like this is like would be a personal movie for him. And I guess that's exactly what it ended up being. And I mean, the fact that he had the hardest time apparently getting the studio to fund this is. I, I don't know. It, it makes a bit of sense, but at the same time, it really does feel like, okay, this guy's made a billion blockbusters. Give him a few bucks to make this movie with The Rock, you know? I mean, and, and I guess that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It does feel like a Michael Bay movie, but not a typical Michael Bay movie, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, Diego, your thoughts on the story and possibly what attracted Michael Bay to it? Uh, well, I think we talked about on the, the show that he's a big Coen Brothers fan. And I think yeah. this is totally him trying to do a Coen Brothers style movie. Uh, the Coen Brothers, like, nihilism mixed with their comedy is a very particular tone that uh, I get why it's off-putting to people. And I, in a way, I totally get why Michael Bay's into it. I'm sure he finds like stuff like the Ballad of Buster Scruggs hilarious, like I do. <laughs> um, like I think that's a really great, underappreciated film from uh, 2018. By the way, everyone should watch it. And I, he's, I think he's clearly trying to replicate like that experience, but through his own like <clears throat> sleazier lens. And I'm, I'm not even using that as like a negative. That's just kind of like. That, that comes with the territory for Michael Bay movies, I think. Uh, and that, that's why I appreciate him. I think it's a little nasty and not in a fun way where this is a real story. Um, even with, I guess, some reported inaccuracies. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it, it, it does feel a little like, hey, this these are real situations and real people. So I don't know how much of this I could find, like funny and maybe a better filmmaker like the Coen brothers could have made something 
work with this, but I have to be honest, I, I, I don't think this movie really works for me. Stuff is really good in it, but I, it, it never comes together because of that real-life circumstance. And I don't know how much of that is just my personal beliefs or on the film itself at this point. It's kind of weird because like that didn't really bother me throughout the movie and you know I it, just in general it, it doesn't seem like something that would necessarily bother me like the idea of it being based on on real life events because I mean I think you can you can do that you know and 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 do it successfully but the the place where I, it it does sort of like take a turn for me into the territory that you're talking about is at the end when they show the real life people and it's like oh well that this isn't i mean like in real life this wasn't a comedy this was a, a tragedy and seeing you know the people who actually did these things was kind of it was like kind of like seeing like you know the mugshot of well, it literally is seeing like the mugshot of a killer, you know, and it's like that's not exactly fun, you know what I mean? And like they're even still like playing with it, like you know, sentenced to death plus thirty days for being an asshole to a guard, and it's like uh, that's 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 jokey, right? And yet you're looking at a guy who was sentenced to death for killing two people. So I, you know, it's, I see what you're saying there, although that did not bother me until the end. So, mm. And I'll say it never bothered me. <laughs> I guess I just have a, uh, I don't even know where you're, you're going to hell. No, I know. No, exactly. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I take these accounts. I mean, obviously they're serious, but like, I have no problem with, how well this let's talk about this movie in particular how this movie handles it because <clears throat> for as i guess problematic as a word obscene michael bay is with the scenes in in this movie you know and stuff he um uh exaggerated or changed i think he always puts his lens on them being complete assholes and bad people and then i think by the end that's made very clear so it's never like he's even though it may kind of seems like he's siding with these people because i don't think he's like i I think your point about maybe a a better film could could be made with another filmmaker not michael bay who has a heavy hand with a lot of this humor and him trying to handle serious things he's not the best at that (laughs) but i think i think there's still like it's focused enough where, yeah, I can take this account and and learn the lesson that, yeah, these are terrible people, and it also is a dark comedy, and I can laugh at this stuff because, uh, sure, it happened, but the fact that it did happen, to me, it, it's humorous. So, yes, I am an evil person. <laughs> yeah. No, um, no, you, you're not evil. I, and I do want to say that, like, yeah, I, I find it off-putting, but I, I definitely don't think lesser of no, and, for enjoying and, it. And there's a lot of great criticism on this film, positive and negative, that, that I enjoy. Yeah. And, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I, I totally see your point. I mean, yeah, it's just I, – I listen to maybe one too many, like, uh, serial killer podcasts, so <laughs> my mind is warped to begin with. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's, but, that's another thing for me if I could just say, like, I, like that stuff just doesn't 
interest me anymore. Like in high school, I think that's when everyone's like, "Oh yeah, let's look up this real stuff." And now I'm like, I don't, I don't really need that stuff. In no, my yeah, life. and it's, I don't <laughs> think any lesser of anything right now. No, no, no. But but I, I don't really see that as being what's going on here. You know, I mean, I, I think what you're talking about is sort of like this, like morbid curiosity surrounding you know those things like you know take a look at you know kind of like what they're they're um satirizing in natural born killers you know Mm -hmm. but like like this isn't that i don't think this is more along the lines of like isn't this an insane story like this is just straight up crazy and these people were bad people but we're not doing a serious study of their psyches we're just kind of presenting the fact that this even happened as just the the most bizarre thing you've ever seen it's like a stupid criminal story you know like like one of those like you'll never believe what this guy did things you know yeah it, 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 totally it, it it leads me to a point i have about 2013 and how for me this movie american hustle and the wolf of wall street like are three movies that I equally really like, um, but they vary in quality. <clears throat> How they're very similar in the fact that they are all each based on true stories, and they kind of deliver this. They, they're all okay. Just I'm just gonna say they're all Goodfellas, you know, replicas, and Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> an obvious one. But uh, yeah, like I don't know what what happened in 2013 where. These three came out very similar narratively, is uh, satirizing these very bad people, and I know that that kind of helps with my appreciation of this. Like it is uh, Michael Bay doing something in that line of thinking, and I don't know. I'm like, all right, like if he can do it and have a movie like this, then I can appreciate in that time frame other directors who do that and kind of are kind of trying to go after the same thing about the American dream and how essentially warped it is. So I like that Michael Bay had a movie in 2013 that dealt with the way America is warped on top of it being a true story. So it all kind of collides for me. Like this is America and this is how bad it is. (laughs) So that general theme he's going for, I'm like, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah. Stylistically and everything. I, I thought of this while I was watching it. I kept on thinking like, this really reminds me of something. Like, I can't put my finger on it. And it got, like, two-thirds of the way through the movie, and then I realized, oh, this is basically the exact same as Domino, just not nearly as good. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, Diego brings up Cone Brothers, and I'm like, I don't see that. And then uh, Mike I, brings up, and I, then and then Mike, you bring up this, like, Domino. I'm like, no, I didn't see that either. Okay. I saw Goodfellas. So we're, we're all seeing our own different movie to, that to Michael Bay's going for. Like, the, the Coen Brothers thing, I think 100%. I don't remember. I, I vaguely think that, like, maybe that was actually, like, used by a lot of people back then to describe it. Or maybe it was just me. But I remember coming out of that thinking, like, that's Michael Bay's Coen Brothers movie. So I definitely agree with, with what Diego's saying there. And I definitely agree with what you're saying, too, Marcelo. Like, yes, it is it is a Scorsese movie. It is a rise and fall, like, down to, you know, using Rolling Stones music in it and everything, <laughs> for sure. And I didn't think about this until today but yes no i do definitely do think not intentionally but he just has that same weird crazy energy as tony scott and was going for the same thing that scott was going for in domino i don't know yeah 
No, that's interesting. Uh, uh, I, I love Domino. Uh, if I can make a Tony Scott connection, this also shares the same cinematographer as, unfortunately, the late, great Tony Scott's final film, um, Unstoppable. Cinematographer Ben Saracen uh, worked on this film. Yeah. Was was this shot on film or was it digital? Both. Okay. Oh. There, there were some, you could totally tell. I mean, well, I think like those super slow motion shots were shot with like, you know, like a high, like a high end digital camera but like there's so many like gopro shots in this thing and you can totally tell it just looks like absolute shit um but then yeah they they did some film stuff too so um it was a mixture of everything it was around this time oh sorry go ahead go ahead ahead. ahead. uh well because michael bay is definitely uh at the forefront of kind of i guess like not not elevating it because i i like digital films as much as i like stuff shot on film but he he knows how to utilize it to like the best of its capabilities to make them look like not too clean not too like tactile or anything like that so uh like the gopro stuff for sure i i noticed i was just curious if it was the whole the whole thing i don't know i'm very impressed by michael bay's like continued use of shooting stuff on digital like we'll get to with other films we'll talk about uh i I think i think maybe his next movie is the first one which was shot entirely digitally if i'm not mistaken oh i don't know yeah well because like netflix has that rule right it has to be on like a certain i did like they have to shoot it digitally right every filmmaker who does a netflix production i don't i it has to be 4k but i think i think you can shoot on film and then transfer as long as okay. it's trans, but well, you can't shoot on 2K. So ah, uh, okay, yeah, maybe that's the thing. Yeah. It has to be 4K something. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait was Roma digital? Was, yes, was it? Roma yeah, okay, it was yeah. digital. And I mean, I don't know if this counts or not, but Anima was not. They shot oh, that. They shot yeah, that in right. Vista Vision, um, for the most part. But okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So when I said his next movie, I meant Transformers Four, though. Oh okay yeah yeah. So, yeah yeah oh yeah I got mixed up I thought maybe Six Underground is what you were saying no as too many next movies <laughs> as of this recording uh, yeah his next movie Six Underground but in terms of episodes yes Transformers what is it the last night the last of night uh, I think it's, Transformers it's, Age of Extinction yeah. oh Age of Extinction God yeah damn these titles yeah. God damn them all yeah. um, and 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 just for the record Domino is a masterpiece it's. Yes, best movie, yeah. one of the yes. best movies of the, of the century, of the millennium. And uh, if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's an, I love Tony Scott. Uh, he was, still is amazing. For me, Man on Fire is my favorite Scott, Tony Scott movie. No, you can have a favorite, but Domino is is the best. I don't know. That's what we're saying. <laughs> I don't know. Guys, I'm, I'm not asking for opinions. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, I'm sorry. Domino it's, is, it's, is it's absolute fact. Fantastic. I see Domino. <laughs> yes. So we're not on the, all on the same page. I'm guessing. I think I I'm I'm alone in my. Well, I think Mike, you like it. In order of liking it, Diego was on the bottom. Mike's in the middle, and I'm on top. So yeah. I don't know. I, should I make this revelation? I think this is my favorite Michael Bay movie. Period. Um, I, I, unless I've if you watched Thirteen Hours and it jumps up pretty high, but as of now, this is it. The last night's the underdog. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens with the last night. Oh boy! Um, like on paper, it should be his best movie. Yeah, it's not. But on paper, it should be. You know, I mean, I definitely see why 
you would think that it is, you know? <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense in a lot of ways. It, it, in a lot of ways, it's the most sophisticated work that he's done. It's uh, maybe the best written work that he's done. I mean, there, there's, he's, he's trying for something a lot more with this one. Um, yeah. But I don't think it quite makes it. But, yeah, yeah. an argument uh, can be made. I'm I'm making an argument right now as we speak because I don't know this. <laughs> let's go through the cast. Mark Wahlberg. I think this is a b- okay for me. I, you guys will disagree. I I, I can already tell. Uh, maybe I don't know. For me, performance wise, it's oh yeah okay. I know Mike's gonna for sure disagree. <laughs> I'm already thinking about it. I'm gonna put either I Heart Huckabees or this up top for Mark Wahlberg performance, and then number three will be bookie nights so that's me guys again we'll see what happens to the transformers movies that might that maybe we'll jump up. <laughs> but yeah it's this movie it's a perfect fit for mark Wahlberg. uh incredible because most of the time i can't stand the guy <laughs> uh but but when he has something like this or i heart huggabees and then of course uh boogie nights i'm on board so yeah but this one for sure oof might be up there I mean, Mike. <laughs> I think you'd go Boogie Nights. <laughs> yeah, I'd go. I'd go Boogie Nights. I think. I mean, since it's like one of the best movies ever made. Um, <laughs> and, and I mean, his performance in that is really good. I mean, in recent years, I've really sort of fallen out of love with with Mark Wahlberg in general. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's good in this. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Diego, can, can I get some confirmation on Mark Wahlberg in this movie? Maybe. Maybe not. All right. <laughs> Maybe oh. go fuck yourself. Uh, no, no. Um, Boogie Nights and The Departed are, are my favorite Marky Mark performances. Uh, actually, no. You know what? The other guys. He's that's perfect for oh, him yeah. because he's like the perfect likable asshole. And there's this perfect touch where he has like a movie poster of the Stallone movie Cobra in his living room. And for that character and Mark Wahlberg, that's like pitch perfect production design. Whoever decided to hang that there deserves an Oscar. Um, but he's he's good in this, you know, and Mark Wahlberg is not always like the best. But no, I mean this this is this is some quality Wahlbergisms, you know. It's uh everyone in this movie is very much like on the wavelength of the movie, for sure. Uh the the sleaze, the 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 bombasticness, because this is an insane story. Like that that is absolutely true, and uh, I, I think Wahlberg, even if he doesn't get it, Michael Bay got him to get it. <laughs> you know, as as much as I want to make fun of Mark Wahlberg in those Transformers movies, like I think not not to jump ahead to the next episode and then the episode after that, but I, I think he's a good fit for those movies for what they are. Uh, yeah, I think they're a good working pair, Wahlberg and Bay. So good on Bay for finding an actor <laughs> to consistently work with that uh, maybe I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to, well, for, for Bay, at least it's, it, it, it brought out his best movie in, in, in my opinion for Wahlberg. I mean, it's just Wahlberg's, I mean, Transformers is another like, kind of lame Mark Wahlberg movie, but Hey, this, this seem like a good, they have a good collabo going on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they they do seem like their styles kind of mesh well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love Dwayne Johnson in this too. Even though, and this is where I'm going to get into the stuff. Hey, I love this movie, but god damn it, does the Michael Bayness of it all comes in? 
And I, I was defending him earlier, saying, yeah, with this material, he kind of, you know, pulls it up. But no, uh, this movie is very problematic. <laughs> it's homophobic. <laughs> it's racist. <laughs> and with Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson's character, uh, it's, it, it, almost, it, it does clear the hurdle, but it barely makes it of, 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 of Dwayne Johnson making this character work in the movie. Because, <laughs> man, is this guy just... He's 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 a bastard. He's homophobic. He's evil, <laughs> but he's still like a Christian and like good. And like, what the fuck are you saying, Michael Bay? <laughs> and yeah, but but yeah, but yeah, Dwayne Johnson makes it work for me by the end. So I don't know. I don't. I didn't really have a problem with with that. I mean, I think it was showing that this character was really messed up. But I, I mean, I don't really think that it was condoning anything that he does i mean it, it, i guess in a way there was that that thing where there's sort of like he's the one character which is kind of like redeemed in a sense um but i i almost feel like even that is almost done by accident you know like he the the character is is conflicted but i don't necessarily think that the movie is conflicted on the character yeah see that's kind of where i'm getting it where that's i think on this rewatch that did start to lose me but uh i don't know like maybe it's because dwayne johnson's charisma that i think it worked that he, that that balance that the character balance did work out in the end but yeah, it's it's a struggle for me on that for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. In, in a lot of ways, he's almost like the comic. I mean, it's such a different role for him, you know? Like, he really is sort of like bursting out of his, you know, typical, you know, let's say like, you know, kind of like Hobbes type of, of role. And in this, he's, he's much more... Well, he, he's, I mean, the character is just stupid, you know, and they're, they're really playing that up. And it's like this weird, uh, clash between like this guy who's, you know, super muscular and superhero y sort of thing, but yet completely stupid, you know? And, and I don't know. I, I, I think that that's a really interesting character just in general, uh, but also like an interesting, performance for the rock and and interesting that they cast the rock in this role like it's just really kind of playing against type in a lot of different ways which i think works really well yeah um oh diego your thoughts on dwayne johnson oh he's he's the best part of this movie for me uh i i don't know if i agree that the movie isn't conflicted this is where i kind of get to uh not completely even though I was kind of doing earlier, not crap on the writers. I think this is their most interesting work because I think, like you said, Mike, on the page, this is, this could be something that, that the ideas are all there. I I don't even want to put it, the negative all on Bay. I, I think it's just, they couldn't make the handoff from the page to the screen and maybe something got lost in translation. Maybe the performances weren't right for that, but I think they're good for what they are. Um, and Dwayne Johnson, I think, completely got it, even more so than Wahlberg got his his beefy murder bro, <laughs> you know. Um, he The character is totally conflicted, or uh, not, not totally conflicted, I mean, but um, 
there is an interesting conflict in him with the the whole religious angle and still trying to be like like no he's a good person like you know little maybe some some nervous ticks here and there and whatever so like oh you kind of feel sympathy for him but it's like oh shit no you that's right oh my god you do those things though like <laughs> we're watching this this horrible like these horrible sequences of events happen and it's like yeah no not not as likable and i think that's that's a that's totally trying to go for like that Scorsese thing that uh, that was brought up earlier. Yeah, but it, it never really comes together. And uh, I'm gonna say that Dwayne Johnson innocent. His, his performance <laughs> is is totally yeah. right for for this moron, this horrible yeah. person. And it's it's like veering into what Diego started with with like that unease about the handling of true to life stuff. And if anything, uh, the closest I felt was with the Rock character because yeah, I uh, I haven't done the research, I haven't read the book. This is based on, uh, but yeah, I don't know how much Marcus McFeely added to the story, to the True Life story. I don't know what was in the book or not that this is based off of. But yeah, like <laughs> uh, that's the part that just gets me. That I'm like, ah, yeah, this this character in particular, I'm still kind of confounded by it, but by it's by him. Um, but no, by the end, yeah, I think we're all in agreement that at least Dwayne Johnson has very much a charisma and a performance that kind of, for me, saves it. So, yeah. Uh, well, hey, speaking of superheroes, Anthony Mackie is in this. Uh, I guess right before he got the Winter Soldier role, right? Like the like a year or two before? Oh, yeah. This is the I year believe. before uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, the year before. Yeah. Um, so it, it was interesting because I'm sure at this maybe not during production, but you know when this movie came out, they're like, "Oh, Anthony Mackie's and Winter Soldier," and that's also written by Marcus McFeely. I wonder if on set uh, they talked to him about, you know, hey, do you want to be, do be Captain America or no, no? But I like him. I like Anthony Mackie in this um, as the third guy, who apparently I I I looked it up earlier. Uh, I can't remember if it's his character or another one of the characters. They're like an amalgamation of other real life people. Like they decided to just have three main characters and not like the six that originally were in the true story. I think it was uh, Dwayne Johnson and Anthony Mackie's characters that were amalgamations. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the Mackie character, uh, Noel, I think his is the one who. <laughs> They changed a lot of the real life aspects because I think he was the much he was a much more violent individual in real life uh, that was portrayed in the film because in the film Mackie's just like <laughs> like more of a cool dude, not a killer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, apparently in real life he he did participate very heavily in the murders. Uh, so yeah, interesting way to play that. Maybe they cast Mackie and like, hey, this guy's cool <laughs> let's not make him <laughs> a terrible monster uh, yeah yeah well i mean it is kind of weird like the the kidnapping is like in a lot of ways the the most violent thing that they do because i mean that's the one where they're actually like trying to kill the guy even though they don't but the two people who they do kill are people who they were not trying to kill it's like they killed them out of their own stupidity in a sense not not the people who died but the you know the killers killed them accidentally you know like it's a weird thing because it's almost like it's not presenting them like in some ways as like cold-blooded killers 
but just people who are so dumb that they accidentally kill a couple people, but they don't kill the person who they try to kill. I mean, like, I, I don't know. It's like every step of the way, they're just kind of like stumbling through this thing, which is a very Cohen brother thing to do when you think about it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. It's strange. Like, I, I mean, it's it's weird. I don't know what the point was of that, uh, aside to, like, I, I think maybe be humorous, because it sounds like in real life that's not how it was. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's a weird thing. It's a weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I was just reading back. Yeah, um, Anthony Mackie's character, no, he, yeah, he, he's the one who hit, so, hit like the the guy who was murdered, hit him in the head with the sh- with the blunt object, and there's a strangulation there too. Oh, yeah, like um, like this. I mean, just like okay, so Mark Wahlberg, like he's beating up the guy, which granted is violent, but then like what kills him is something accidentally falls on his head, and yet. You know, I think we're thinking of like the gruesome stuff, like it's all done to people like after they're dead, right? <laughs> Which is weird. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not saying like this is. You know, they're they're good guys. You know, I'm not saying that at all or anything like that. I'm just saying that it's this like really weird sort of thing. The way that that these guys are presented as sort of like accidentally violent. In a yeah. sense, not completely, of uh, course, but you know, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. It's a weird movie. It's it's a weird movie. I hey, I admit that <laughs> it is weird. Well, I I love how weird it is. Yeah, um, yeah, I I do anyway. And uh, I mean, also, I should say another reason why. I guess the aesthetics of it, it it being set in Florida makes complete sense. I actually didn't know. I should have known this because um, I co-host a Michael Bay podcast, but I didn't know that Michael Bay like spends his time. He lives, um, I don't know if it's most of the time, part-time, in Florida. He has residence in Florida. <laughs> so he travels between Florida and California. So yeah. that makes sense. Um, this, I don't know, the setting, the cinematography, uh, even those like shots of the GoPros you are saying earlier, Mike, that you say looked like, like garbage they do look like garbage but i like that i said like in this movie yeah i don't think i've i don't think i've seen like distinctly those shots in other michael bay movies maybe like hints of those shots but like, you get like point of view shots in here of like uh, uh a face about to be punched by the rock i said i i love those things well, like he's just going for it yeah i mean like like the camera placement and stuff like that is i mean that that's like what it allows you to do i i was just talking about like on on a technical level, you know, you could see yeah, yeah, like yeah. low res and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I I, I love that GoPro cinema. I love that stuff. Um, yeah, I love and- The Hobbit too. <laughs> Remember that one scene? <laughs> oh, no. I, 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 Daniel, Why is that I, there? I honestly, honestly was thinking about it, but I didn't want to bring it up. Now I brought it up. <laughs> I actually have to watch that movie again for my Lord of the Rings podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking smack, but I, I don't hate that movie. That's just so <laughs> weird that there's like a GoPro sequence. Yeah, no, no, that was, that was one of the the better ones, to be honest. Was it was it the was it the first one? I think no, that's, that's Desolation. Oh, it's the second Malk. one. Okay, yeah. I, I, I like I that dragon. Get, I get them all run together. Um, I'm honestly not a fan of any of them, but hey, I'll give them a rewatch. If they were shot entirely in GoPro. I think they would have redefined <laughs> the cinematic experience. As I'm we telling know you, it. I, I'm not sure I'm the one 
um, that coined this, or maybe it's not even a, a phrase, but I've been using it. GoPro cinema, like that was a thing back in like the early 2010s. I just noticed like there are a lot of shots, you know, using GoPros, like just spliced into movies. And I'm like, oh, this is a thing now. And then I think it all went to a head with like Hardcore Henry, and like, oh, this is the end of this. This oh, is no longer yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson did it after that, right? With uh, w- uh, uh, with uh, with what? Junoon? I can't. Junior. Oh, that's right. He he put a GoPro on a fucking dro- a drone. Yeah, and just yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's a good movie. I like that movie. Um, it's fine. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> you you want to put that near the top uh, like, of, of Paul Thomas Anderson's stuff? Oh, Paul Thomas Anderson's work. I, I would probably put it at the bottom uh, of everything <laughs> he's done, but it was still fine. You know? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. It was fine. But yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a fan of GoPro, so is Michael Bay. Um, <laughs> They're both fans of Mark, Mark Wahlberg, apparently. That's right. And, yeah. and the Coen brothers. Yes, yes. It's all tying together. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- it, didn't one of us mention Michael Bay should direct a Coen brothers movie, like a Coen brothers script? I'd watch it. I'd watch it yeah, twice. of course. Yeah, I would too. I think Michael Bay would 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 die to do oh, that he would kill for that he's like give me bridge of spies spielberg <laughs> give it to me yeah you owe me one for the first two transformers oh yeah <laughs> yeah all right so yeah pain and gain i guess we can end this because yeah i think we we've reached to the conclusion that yes i'm the only one who truly loves this movie and put put it up top i mean it's a fight between this and bad boys 2 for me so yeah, that's me. And I mean, I mean, Mike, what uh, what's yours? The Rock still? Yeah, The Rock is still the best. I mean, I definitely think that this is a good movie, uh, but it's not like I both times that I've watched it now, I, I've gone into it super duper psyched and sort of come out thinking like uh, they just didn't quite nail it like I had hoped. You know, it could have been great. But they just there's something about it that just didn't work. Um, but I still think it's really good. Gotcha, um, Diego. I mean, yeah, you you're not a fan. Yeah, no. A fan. There's a, there's a lot of problems. Like uh, the writers, even though I just I was just like flipping back and forth between like no, they're bad, but here they're okay. <laughs> um, I when you look at their work with characters, I know everyone's gonna fucking disagree with me on this, but I, I think. They they have trouble with defining who people are and have less trouble writing characters who react to things. It's never about what it means to the characters. It's always like, isn't this like exciting or crazy? And that's why everyone likes the Marvel movies. It's like, whoa, this is like stuff that's exciting and, and uh, like immediate and whoa, that's cool. And it's like, I agree. Um, it doesn't really work here given the material, but... That being said, the the structure of the film is is like really solid, and it is definitely the second most American movie Michael Bay has ever made. Uh, yeah. The first one, of course, being Bad Boys Two. Uh, about thirteen hours. Oh, thirteen hours though. Uh, you know what? Okay, this is the third most American movie <laughs> Michael Bay has ever made. Um, yeah, no, it's probably my least favorite Michael Bay movie. Oh wow, yeah. wow! It's it's not nearly it's not poorly made. That's the thing. It's just like it doesn't come together. But there's a there's an ugliness to it to it that like I'll I'll never watch this again. Probably. Oh, like, 
So I'm sorry. Yeah, breaking my heart, Diego. Yeah. No, there are like worse, like constructed films by Michael Bay, <laughs> but um, I could like visit those like on cable for like five minutes with a beer and be like, oh man, who let this happen? Whereas here, I'm like, oh, who let this uh, happen? I mean, I feel the opposite when it comes to this, and let's say Age of Extinction. <laughs> I do not want to see that movie. <laughs> oh, Again. no, there's, there's gross shit in there, too. So, <laughs> But, um, yeah, I'm I'm just happy we're here. I'm happy we're at Panic Gain right now, okay? Because, hey, next episode, Transformers, Age of Extinction. Not looking forward to it. But then after that, hey, 13 hours. I got, I got words on that. Um, uh, I, I can't remember if I've said if I liked it or not, but... I got words. Don't worry. I think and then everyone I'm not has lo- words on 13 hours or another. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> um, oh, boy. I can't wait to like do some research on that and dig up fucking... <laughs> That'll be an interesting rabbit hole to dive down. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'll, I'll, I'll end up on Alex Jones. Like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, no. <laughs> and then, yeah, then after that, hey, Transformers, the last night, and then, oh, mm-hmm. boy. Oh, Which boy. will technically be the last episode of our continuous recordings. Yes, so. and then we'll we'll take a break. We, we, we'll probably wait a few weeks, months, and then Six Underground. Um, but no, I'm happy we're here is my point because th- I, like I said, this might be my favorite. It's up there for sure. Number, either number one, or number two. And I'm, I'm happy. Hey, oh, I had, to, I had to write down some notes, but I'm not going to get to- totally into them. The other thing I'll mention is I love that, uh, Peter Stormare shows up because man, every time I see him in anything, especially in the Michael Bay movie, I'm like, I'm happy. I'm a happy camper. So he's in one scene, but still. It's like it's like Michael Bay, you know. You er, earlier, Mike, you were saying this is like feels like a like a more personal movie. movie he'd w- you know want to make that's not not like a huge summer blockbuster. To me, casting Peter Stormer in like a two minute scene, I'm like that feels like Michael Bay to me. Yeah. <laughs> it does. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I guess what uh, adds to my point that yeah, that's one reason why I like this movie a lot. I love it. All right, but that's Pain and Game. Uh, why don't we end this with plugs? Let's go around the table. Diego, where can people listening find you online? Uh, don't. No. Um, at the Diego Crespo <laughs> on Twitter, uh, the Waffle Press on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, where I will have finished several retrospectives by the time these are all out. Batman, Spider-Man. Check out the Hangouts episodes that we'll be doing. I don't know what they're going to be about because... I, don't, I can't I can't read into the future, but at the time of this recording, Comic-Con just happened, so check out <laughs> our reactions to some of that stuff. We don't usually go over movie news, but I bet that one will hold up. <laughs> um, and yeah, all that, all that jazz. Awesome. Uh, Mike, what about you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mumbles3K. You can also find me on my website, FilmDamagePod.com, doing a show called Film Damage. You can find me on uh, TheNerdParty.com, doing a show called Retro Perspective. And you can, oh boy, can you find me? I guess you probably can find me on Trek.fm, doing a show called Tracks on the Line. So, yeah, check those out. Oh, and um, I mean, some huge, huge news from Comic Con. Just briefly, I want to get your reaction on the Picard trailer. Oh, Mike. yeah, it was pretty badass. I was not expecting a lot of that. A lot of, a lot of crazy stuff uh, with that. Which I mean, 
I guess at this point people don't care about, but it was, <laughs> it was crazy, you know, lower decks. Oh God, can't wait for that show. That's going to be amazing. And yeah. yes, short tracks, you know, they're like eating tribbles and shit. It's, uh, it's the best. Well, uh, remind me when that show is, is coming out. Which one? Uh, <laughs> There's three uh, uh, Picard. Oh, sorry. Oh. Uh, the one I, the one I started with Picard. When, when oh. that come well, out? it was supposed to come out, uh, at, at the end of the year, but I guess they were scared of Six Underground, so now it's going to be early 2020. <laughs> Everybody's scared of Six Underground, I hear. Yep. Everybody. Yep. Yeah. Star Wars, who? <laughs> what? <laughs> Cats is pushed back, and yeah. Oh, Everybody wants to clear, clear a path for Six Underground. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And as cats, for me, cats might have other problems, but <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Dago joked we should do a cats podcast. I mean, we have plenty of time. Let's just let's break down the tra- let, let's do a a second. What was it like? Uh, like they had they had a heat minute. Let's do a cats trailer second. Where each episode is dedicated to a second of that trailer. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Mike's like, yep, uh, yep. Uh, we're doing it. We're doing it. Don't worry. Uh, as for me. TalkFilmSociety.com, listen to it, read it, uh, love it. And Patreon, patreon.com slash TalkFilmSociety. If you're you're listening to this on the Patreon, thanks. If you're not listening to it on the Patreon, what are you doing? You can listen to it months in advance if you sign up for the Patreon. That's it for me. And that's it for this episode. Next week, next episode, I should say, Transformers colon Age of Extinction, uh, starring Mark Wahlberg. And TJ Miller. <laughs> Until then, <laughs> uh, let's say our final catchphrase. Uh, I remember it. Yeah, here we go. Three, two, one. You, you forgot, forgot your boarding, boarding pass. pass. That's it. Good night, everybody. Mm-hmm.